You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. JC, down the stretch, the Lakers finally played some bully ball back against the Heat. 102-96 and one win away from an NBA championship trophy. Welcome back and welcome into the Hoop All Lakers podcast. I am your main man, Ethan Noroff. As usual, joined by our other main man, JC. JC, the Lakers are one win out and finally started to get the message down the stretch that this Heat team is just a tough, gritty fight it out type of style of play and the Lakers are going to have to be comfortable getting a little dirty if they're going to take home this trophy in in five games yeah I mean everything I was worried about uh I mean as silly as it is to be afraid of a 20 year old rookie like Tyler Hero his brand of fearlessness just like worries me and he's he's tenacious as all heck and he's been playing really well lately I mean, Tyler Hero did hit some shots that I would consider prayers or miracles, but we can get into labeling the Tyler Hero annex a little bit later in the show. For me, I think the biggest thing was that when I was watching this game, JC, I couldn't help but think of one thing, especially in the first half, which was lower scoring. Not that it was a high-scoring game overall, under 200 overall, 102.96, but it felt like what the Heat were trying to do was the blueprint for what the Pistons tried to do against the Jordan Bulls and just that bully ball style of play where we're going to rough you up, we're going to hip check you, we're going to give you a little push in the back that nobody's going to see. And on replays, you can see it consistently. In fact, there was one play specifically where Butler actually kind of stuck out his hip and hip checked Alex Caruso, put him on the sidelines. And I'm curious to see what his status will be for game five. But it felt like the Lakers were getting hit and kind of cut all night long. And in the latter half of the game, especially in the fourth quarter, they started to get some of those calls and wound up with a better free throw differential than what it was. The Lakers finished with 21 overall, so the Heat's 26. But at one point, JC, the disparity was a lot larger than that. Yeah, they. I, I tweeted, I didn't really know what to make out of the first quarter because like defensively, the Lakers looked really confident, and then offensively, they looked kind of kind of scared and passive because it just didn't look like a fluid offense yet at the same time. They did almost score 30 in that first quarter, but despite them looking confident on, on defense, Jimmy Butler was five for five. So like, this was a weird game all around. And so it was, I mean, it was good for the Lakers to win a game like this uh, against this team to prove, to prove that they can do it just because yeah, that, that I mean, Miami's going to be just, just as desperate in the next game. Cause it's winter go home. 
Well, I think you wanted to see the Lakers be able to win ugly. I think that's the reference here, right? And I yeah. think that's what they were able to do as a result in this game, especially with their play down the stretch, because let's call it like it is. I mean, LeBron was just god-awful in the first quarter, really not really not good in the first half overall, but in the first quarter in particular, he was god-awful. But at one point, he was the only Laker who had gotten to the foul line. Now, obviously, like we just said, it, it kind of smoothed out from there. But, you know, I think the Lakers did a lot of standing around in the half court tonight. Their offense didn't look crisp uh, a lot of the time. KCP did come out of the gates hot, and they were looking good in transition. But then it was a lot of standing around, a lot of, a lot of stagnating. And it, and it is a credit to Miami's defense, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you know, we, we've seen the Lakers play better. But as I just said, and as you alluded to, this was nice to see the Lakers win ugly, and especially with their strong play down the stretch, because Miami definitely made their pushes, and the Lakers kept their foot on the gas and was able to come away, and now they stand here 3-1, one game away from an NBA championship trophy. But, J.C., the most notable thing for me in the second half, before I even forget to mention it, Markeith Morris starting over Dwight Howard. Now, that's an adjustment that I liked, and I tweeted that out after the game. I said, well, I like the idea of that in the second half, but I think I might keep Dwight in the first five to start it off only just to set a tone, I think, with the size a little bit. What's your take on that change, and what do you see for Game 5? Yeah, I mean, it's similar to what they've been doing with JaVale all season. It's just Dwight is a more skilled uh, player, obviously. And so, yeah, I like that move. I, I, I did feel like he could have played a little bit more in the second half. It was the start of the fourth quarter. I was It just occurred to me, like, what, what in the heck happened to Dwight? Yeah, I mean, only eight minutes in this one for him. Markeith Morris wound up playing 30 minutes. It was a plus-minus zero, which I just always find fascinating because I feel like that's rarer than than not. But Markeith Morris played 30 minutes in this game. And, and the bench, you know, it was it was only uh, a nine-guy rotation off the bench. You know, no JaVale, no J.R. Smith cameo, obviously no Dudley or, or Horton Tucker. But this was a big ask on the starters outside of Danny Green and Dwight Howard. KCP played 32 minutes. LeBron 39, Anthony Davis with a Laker high 42 minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. In, there was two two offensive sequences that just kind of kind of bothered me with the way the Lakers were playing. Like one, uh, Danny Green faked and took a drive and just sort of limply passed passed out for a turnover. Uh, another where Markeith Morris uh, started dribbling and he did a turnaround hook shot, and both of those occurred when LeBron was on the floor. And so those were two sequences that I just weren't going to cut it. You look at Danny Green's final line, JC, in his 21 minutes, and it's four of eight from the field, two of six from three, although he missed a couple of shots you feel like he should have hit. And he had 10 points and overall was plus minus, uh, he was plus five. And you look at that and you say, ah, maybe he was all right tonight. But when you watch this game, it was painful, man. And, and I never wish that someone is injured, but we've heard discussion about how Danny Green might be dealing with a hip injury as of his own. And I'm just wondering if that is having a bigger impact on him than we know about. Because if not, I'm concerned. Because he looks bad at times. And that's more often than not. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's to the point now where, I mean, clearly he has some kind of positive impact defensively. But it's harder. His impact defensively is harder to notice than it is on, like, KCP's or, or like, Caruso's or even Rondo's at times. Uh, who's had, done a pretty good job on Jimmy Butler uh, occasionally. Yeah, Danny Green is kind of starting to... It's yeah. He it, it's like what what exactly do you do here? <laughs> I, I guess my I guess my question is right now. You got to have some. And I tweeted this out too. You got to have some Sam Cassell onions to consider starting Caruso in favor of Danny Green in Game Five, one win away from the NBA title. I don't think the Lakers go there. But the follow up thought that I had that is just you know kind of occurring to me in in discussion in you on this topic or with you on this topic. 
is that if Avery Bradley were available to play on this team, I kind of wonder what Danny Green's playing time would look like because Caruso and Rondo's minutes aren't going down. And I feel like Avery Bradley might just come up and take Danny Green's minutes if he were available. Yeah, as well as KCP has been playing, that might have to be. I mean, it's a pretty hard decision that Frank Vogel would have to make, but it seemed like it would seem like one he would have to make if, if Avery Bradley was there. You look at the plus minus because we were talking about that a little bit earlier in this conversation. And when you sit here and you watch the game, you say, man, Jimmy Butler was phenomenal again. He was 22, 10, and 9. He was all over the place, especially early. He started hot. He cooled off after that, don't get me wrong. But overall, he was phenomenal. Plus minus, Jimmy Butler, minus 11. Tyler Hero, who you pointed out, played really well in this game. 21.7 rebounds for him on 8 of 18 with a few threes. He was minus 13. So that's where that stat can be a little bit misleading because if your team loses and you're going to play big minutes, obviously it's not going to necessarily uh, slide in your favor. But I still feel like when, when you look at the Heat, Bam out of bio return for this team in, in game four. No minutes restriction whatsoever. And he was effective. I wouldn't say he was spectacular. We've definitely seen better games from him. But he was certainly effective in his 33 minutes. And I just wonder, this, this injury that cost him two games, that he couldn't do a push-up, and that was his test as to how he was ready for game four, and then he has no minutes restriction. What kind of injury? I mean, some old-school players, and I'm not going to be the guy yelling at the cloud, right, in, like in The Simpsons, JC, but I'm just kind of wondering that maybe some old-school players are feeling like, man, Bam missed two finals games, and was he injured or was he just hurt? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, it's got to be like a stinger of some sort where you still have some of your mobility, maybe not all and your I'm strength, not, but you can kind of will through a stinger. Yeah, and look, man, I'm not sitting here and questioning Bam Adebayo's toughness, okay? Don't get it twisted because that is one big, bad-looking dude. I mean, he is a strong guy, and we've seen how effective he could be down low as well as how mobile he is on the perimeter. I mean, he's a really impressive player. But I'm just wondering, this is the NBA finals and weirdly i didn't see the nba finals trophy logo on the jerseys this year which kind of bums me out but it's just weird to me that was a quick side note right but it's just weird <laughs> to me that bam missed two games with this mystery injury we still don't know if it was a shoulder if it was a neck exactly what it was and now he's back with no restrictions it just strikes me as interesting for lack of a better word yeah i think the patch is actually on the back of the jerseys like where the neck where the neck is ah i like it better <laughs> on the front yeah it looks it looks cleaner. Eh, okay, I'm willing to live with it. So on the Heat side, you know, Duncan Robinson actually had a good game for Miami as well tonight. 17 points for him. Got it going from behind the three point line with a few trays. He had six free throw attempts. Which you know, when you look over at the Lakers side, you see Anthony Davis had four trips to the line, and Duncan Robinson had six trips to the line. You kind of raise your eyebrow and go, hmm, that's also interesting. But the Lakers didn't make any excuses, and I think down the stretch is when they really played some of their best basketball. Obviously, in the second half, the Lakers were able to outscore the Heat by four points, 53-49, to 49, after taking a two-point lead in the halftime, 49-47. I got to imagine that game five, you know, these guys are tired, JC. There's been some great play, don't get me wrong, but these guys are tired, brother. Yeah, I mean, look, luckily this is finally the point in the season which, I mean, I don't know in how long, but... Uh... Well, for the Lakers, they've had some break because they've finished some playoff series early, but this is the first time they don't have a game every other day, with the exception of whenever they close out a series. So uh, the next game isn't until Friday. So they'll have an extra night. Caruso can have an extra extra night to rest that hip. It looked like Anthony Davis kind of had a little bit of a knee tweak uh, there in the fourth quarter, so he'll he'll definitely use that rest and uh, 
yeah, LeBron played 39 minutes, which is more than he's been playing lately, and this is this is the point in the season where he's got to play that many minutes. So where do you see the Lakers kind of winding up? you got to imagine they're going to be a, a favorite, right, in Game 5 in terms of the line, probably something like minus five and a half, six points around there, I'd imagine, at yeah. least after after tonight's victory. Yeah, I feel like this one was a six and a half. As I okay. think what I remember reading. Um, wow, it's a, it's a ma- it's amazing how they just always know right around right right where it's gonna be. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, if you're a uh, mybookie.ag uh, guy or gal, uh, yeah, you can. They they probably won't have the lineup there yet, but that's where you're gonna want to take a look because they'll put up the odds and uh, over there, you bet you win, they pay. I can attest to that personally. Hey now, sounds like somebody had a good football weekend. Uh, I didn't bet this weekend, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've, they every now and then they do that ads boost promo, and I cleaned up that weekend. And that's a beautiful way to do it. You got to take advantage of free money while it's hot and being printed, you know. And I think the Lakers will benefit, like you were saying, from two games off. I think they will come out probably around that same number, five and a half, six, six and a half, whatever it might be. But I'm very curious to see the over under because after only one ninety eight in this game. I kind of wonder if it'll be somewhere around 210 because, again, these two teams are tired and they're playing a physical brand of basketball. You look at Miami's side, man. I always try to look around the league when, when I'm watching other teams play Lakers and kind of scout the talent and say, man, he would be such a good supporting piece on the Lakers, right, but kind of have realistic visions about it. And I've always had that thought about Jay Crowder, man. I've always had that thought about him, especially ever since he was in Boston and he got you know that larger opportunity. But, man, Jay Crowder is a tough Tough player, and the Lakers would benefit from having him on this team, similar to what Markeith Morris brings to the squad. Oh, yeah. I, I play this mental game uh, being a fan of LeBron uh, for years. Like I've always had my list of like teammates that I would like to see play with LeBron, uh, some of which I have seen. Uh, Kyle Korver's on that list. Uh, J.J. Redick is on that list. Um, at one point, Kyle, Jay Crowder was on that list, and even when when he did play with, with LeBron, LeBron in Cleveland, I felt like it was working. I didn't think, I didn't think he should have been traded. Uh, so yeah, I think he's somebody that would make a great teammate for LeBron, but at the same time, uh, you know, be, heat culture and all that, I do feel like Jay Crowder is also a perfect fit for the Miami Heat. Oh, no doubt. You know, Udonis Haslam has definitely taken him under his wing and taught him a thing or two already, if not more than that. And, and I think, you know, one of the more interesting thoughts I had after this game, JC, is, you know, we, we always knew that Lakers were built to be a top-heavy team. And I was sitting here watching the postgame a little bit, and Charles Barkley alluded to it too, right? I mean, he's blunt, although he picked Miami to beat the Lakers. You know, he always wants to be that guy. Just the, the amount of – I mean, I'm going to go on a tangent in a little bit about this, but to stick to the subject here, on a team that is dominated by AD and LeBron, we knew that this roster was going to be top-heavy, right? The amount of reliance that this Lakers team has come to – need on the guys who were literally afterthoughts right Dwight Howard was only brought in because of the DeMarcus Cousins injury Marquise Morris was a buyout uh, issue and the Lakers had no plan to bring him in he just became available and Alex Caruso a guy who's like yeah yeah we always have him we know he's good we're trying to find more playing time and all of a sudden Alex Caruso you know he comes in in the first quarter like you know it, it's it's a big deal so I just think it's interesting how the Lakers have become so reliant on those quote-unquote role players, but not necessarily the ones that we all expected to have bigger contributions a la Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, and that that's what I think is is kind of the beauty of playing with, Lebr- with LeBron or being on a LeBron team is that whether it's a big two or a big three like there was in Cleveland and Miami, 
if you're a role player on the team, there are going to be the occasional nights where you are the guy, like like KCP was tonight. And, you know, Marquise Morris has been throughout the, this playoffs. Uh, the Morris twins, incidentally, are on that list of players I'd love to have seen played with LeBron. Uh, so it's good seeing Marquise play really well with him because I'd love to see both Morris twins on a team with LeBron. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, being, being a role player on a LeBron James team is is great because, yeah, you're going to have plenty of moments to, to have your shine as if you were one of the big three. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And I, and I think, you know, uh, P.J. Tucker, right, when the Lakers were playing the Rockets, I had the same thought about him. And I just think these guys who don't give up, they always push in, you know, and Andre Iguodala obviously cut from the same cloth, although he's at a different stage in his career. And this Lakers group, if they can get the consistent play from Kyle Kuzma, speaking of Kyle Kuzma, right? Uh, he came in, he hit, he hit a three, then he went. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply hitting another one but then of his six shots jc all five of them were threes and i think his effort defensively is getting better i think he's trying harder on a more consistent basis and there are some plays where i say okay that was good defensively by kyle kuzma regardless of the outcome but i just feel like there's still no real role for him on this team to me the only thing that really makes sense is if AD said, okay, I'm going to be the full-time starting five for this group, right? I'm going to start myself in the middle. You could bring Kyle Kuzma into that starting lineup because you still have the shooting, in theory, to support it. But when Kyle Kuzma's out there with uh, Rondo and or Alex Caruso and or Markeith Morris and LeBron and you got some of – and maybe even Dwight is in, in the lineup at that point, there's not enough shooting out there. And Kyle Kuzma, I mean, despite what we saw in his rookie season, he's not a three-point shooter. Yeah, that's that's almost exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, if you could somehow convince AD, like, look, you're not a center. You just need to be the tallest guy in the lineup. Like, we'll, we'll go with a centerless lineup, have two power forwards, a small forward in LeBron, and then a true backcourt because, well, LeBron may be playing point guard. He can't necessarily guard other point guards every, all 82 games of the season. Right, right. And so that's the whole thing because, like you said, even if AD started at the five, air quotes, right, he's not necessarily even guarding the, the opposing five. I mean, they, at one point, Bam Adebayo was on KCP and vice versa on certain possessions, especially KCP on Bam, which made no sense. But that's a credit to Bam and what he can do as a perimeter defender. Yeah. I think the Lakers – I mean, I think the Lakers smell blood in the water. I think you have to at this point, you know. The pressure is definitely on them to close it out, but – Miami isn't going to go down without a fight. But you got to think the Lakers have, are going to have all the motivation humanly possible to finish this thing out in five games, JC. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the way Anthony Davis, is, he, he you know, it came on in the second half pretty well. But, yeah, the way he played in the first half and last game kind of played himself out of the finals MVP discussion. But, I mean, he definitely still needs to to step up. It's interesting. You know, LeBron has had the turnover issue in the last couple of games, but – at this point, I feel similarly in that if and when the Lakers are fortunate enough to claim the NBA trophy, it's all but a foregone conclusion that LeBron is the MVP. Is that is that where we're at here? Yeah, at this point, just because, yeah, I think if if not this game, definitely last game, Anthony Davis kind of played himself out of it. 
I was I was thinking uh, for LeBron to win it, he would kind of have to average a thirty point triple double. And I had done the math in Game Four, where I was like, well, he needs thirty two, eight, and twelve to be averaging a thirty point triple double. We're not really there anymore. He hasn't had enough assists. He's going to have to have like eighteen assists in the next game at some point at this point now. But uh, so he's not going to average a triple double. But I think I think he's got the Finals MVP in the bag. For as terrible as LeBron was in the first half, JC, he was pretty spectacular in the second half. And he had that three that was called off when they called the off-ball uh, foul on Adebayo against Davis grabbing the knee. And I was hoping that that three was going to count because he was in the zone at that point. But LeBron finished with 28, 12, and 8. And he finished with six turnovers, but I believe five of those were in the first half. So obviously second half was much cleaner because he had eight points in the first half. So 20 points in the second half for LeBron. That's the, kind, that's the style of LeBron that's necessary. You could tell in the first quarter – you know, he played that same style of basketball in the first quarter, JC. It reminded me of when he first played Dallas in the finals and Dallas beat them. And he was so heavily criticized for his passive nature. And nobody saw that he was trying to be a facilitator, et cetera, et cetera. It was just all the criticism, right? He was playing, to me, that same style of basketball when this game first started. Yeah, and, and as the season, I mean, granted, it's almost over at this point, whether it goes, you know, one more game or three more games, whatever. It, it's becoming more apparent now that LeBron understands that, that he needs the role players on this team to be able to perform in the second half, and they're not going to do that unless they get touches in the first half. So can we talk about that? Because at certain points in this game, and it wasn't just one or two, it was multiple, LeBron appeared visibly frustrated by something his teammate or teammates did. And at one point, Caruso seemed visibly frustrated at LeBron. Did you do you recall seeing that? Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Jimmy Butler had a an easy layup that LeBron almost blocked. That that seemed to be a bad switch that Caruso made, and LeBron seemed a little frustrated at him. Um, that's one of the things I think that I kind of like uh, about LeBron in this season is as as he gets older, as he's willing to take on more criticism, which he probably wasn't necessarily willing to do when he was younger. Does that remind you of anybody who uh, is considered one of the all-time greats in Laker history and in NBA history who has uh, unfortunately uh, left left us this year? Does that remind you of anybody? Yeah, yeah. LeBron, has, he's getting a little bit more, more Kobe in him and, and how he he kind of reacts to, to things like that. I just think it's interesting how they kind of, in this way, follow the same sort of path where when they were younger – they were, I mean, and this goes for almost anybody, right? Regardless of if you're a professional basketball player or Joe Schmo on the street, that you're a lot more arrogant, brash, sort of cocky, and I'll do whatever I want my way, and blah blah blah. But then as you get older, you get a little bit more pensive, more reflective, and you know you operate with a, gre- a greater level of perspective. I think that's how it's supposed to go anyway. Yeah. So it's cool to see LeBron James in this phase of his career where he's still an absolutely dominant basketball player, and at the same time, you know, really embracing the mentorship side and piece of this. And I just think it's really interesting because going into this game, JC, and this is where I'm going to go on my rant for, for a minute here, going into this game, JC, you would have thought the Lakers were down 3-2 in the NBA Finals. You would have thought the sky is falling. You would have thought Los Angeles had suffered three earthquakes in the span of 30 <laughs> minutes because the amount of headlines that was, oh, the Heat stunningly win game three back in the series, the Lakers are in trouble, yada, yada, yada. Nobody sat here. I mean, we didn't sit here. At, at any point and say, this is the Lakers four games and out, dominant, no doubt about it, yada, yada, yada. We sat here and said, this Heat team is filled with effort, 
And yeah, they, they took a little bit of a whooping in game one, but you knew they weren't going to just come back from that and, and not give any sort of effort or uh, be a little bit more physical, et cetera, et cetera. So this whole narrative of how it just flipped against the Lakers so suddenly, there was so much fuel in the fire. And, and I think if this is how non-Lakers fans feel about Lakers coverage on TV, I get it, right? Like, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do to control that. <laughs> but this idea that, like, a, an, a team in the NBA Finals wins a game, yet is still down 2-1, but it's like headline news that they are now back in the driver's seat against the Lakers, the one seed. I'm I'm having a tough time with this. Yeah, the yeah, it's kind of the I guess for as valuable as social media and, and like NBA Twitter has kind of been to the league and its popularity. Sometimes it's it gets a little crazy. It gets a little ridiculous. Oh, I mean, I think we can all be prisoners in the moment. A lot of the times, that's what Twitter is, right? or really any social media platform, is people feel like they have a bullhorn and they're going to announce their thoughts in the moment with no idea of how it might impact future opinion, et cetera, et cetera. One of my best friends showed me a timestamp text that I sent two years ago in our group chat tonight that said, I'm not impressed by Alex Caruso. He's not an NBA point guard that I sent two, two and a half years ago. And I responded and I said, yeah, it's a good thing that you know players aren't allowed to improve or opinions aren't allowed to change, right? Yeah. So we're so quick to just kind of cancel people based on one one opinion in the past. That's a whole different discussion for a different day. Yeah. But I think the Lakers made it clear tonight that, no, Miami's a good team, but we're still the team to beat here. Yeah. The, uh, on that note, did, there, did you see there's a petition um, regarding Kyle Kuzma that if the Lakers win, he shouldn't get a ring? And I'm like, he, Kyle Kuzma hasn't been playing that bad. Like, I don't That seems like that a criticism. really strong really strong and unnecessary move yeah and like anyone who signs that it's like what are you even watching what are you doing uh, i mean Dion waiters gets a ring either way yeah he's been he he's he's on easy street guys like jr smith jared dudley to a lesser extent obviously because of what he contributes to the locker room and in the practice setting but you know that's that's the whole part of it of being part of an organization right that's the piece is regardless of your role or what you do your contributions are valued if, if yeah. the entirety of the organization succeeds. Jared so think- Smith especially. I, I love that every game he's standing he's standing the entire game on the sideline just a few feet away from Frank Vogel and he's there like every moment. Oh, he's, he's LeBron's in. groupie. He's LeBron's groupie. And I, and I don't and I don't say that to disparage him. I say that as you know th- there's obviously some sort of connection there. And I appreciate the energy that he brings to the table because a lot of guys in that situation, especially a veteran who hasn't played in a couple years and, you know, could easily just be sitting there doing a whole lot of nothing, is engaged. And I think that's one piece of what this makes this team, uh, this Lakers team special and the chemistry and their and their ability to avoid that drama, JC, sort of regardless of who's in the locker room. That's something we've spoke to as such a, you know, strength of this team. And it's proven to be the case at this stage of the season as well. Yeah. One other note, kind of that that Kobe comparison we were making, just so that people don't think we're crazy. There, there are comparisons there. Like LeBron and Rondo was a pairing people never thought would work, just because of their past and times that they've gone at it. And there was an article where Rondo kind of confronted LeBron about his body language. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers when Kobe and Meta World Peace were teammates, and what kind of things happened before they were teammates. Like, there's obviously comparisons there to how players change and opinions change as they get older. 
Of course. I mean, people mature, people grow. Some people do anyway. You know, I can't say that's the case for everybody. But most people do when you're doing it the right way and you feel supported. And feel, feel, talking about feeling supported has my mouth already twisted up because I'm so excited to talk about, you know, JC, the Manscaped team because of everything that they do. And tonight, I'm going to talk to you about the Premium Lawnmower 3.0 which has become a beautiful appliance in my collection. It is waterproof, it includes an LED light, and it's made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates because you can't be having any piece of that. You can get the trimmer inside Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. So we're doing it all here for you and a little more. And to take advantage of this offer, you already know what you got to do. Get your 20% off right here with free shipping. Just use the code HOOPBALL20, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off of free shipping with HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. I got to tell you, I feel like we're doing a service to the world and, and really to you know everybody everywhere for making sure – that men keep themselves groomed. That's how we do it on this show, JC, providing basketball and uh, making testicle jokes. So, you know, that's kind of <laughs> what we do here. All right? That's, that, that should be the show description. That should be the summary. We should change it, right? Basketball <laughs> and testicle jokes. I think we get a lot of clicks anyway. So we'll see how, how it shakes out. I think for game five, for me, JC, just sort of look ahead on this one. I think for game five, I want to see that the Lakers come out and offensively they establish AD and LeBron immediately. Because there were too many possessions in game four despite the win where I saw the ball come up and down the court and either one of or neither LeBron or AD touched it the whole possession. And I, I don't like seeing that, especially when both guys are at 40-plus minutes, basically. And the other piece is I just want the sustained effort at both ends of the floor. This is the closeout game of the NBA Finals. This could win it all. That would be it. Your season will be over. You could be crowned champions. There is no time. There is a maximum of three games left in this NBA season. There is no time for rest, no time for plays off. I want it urgent because you know that's how Miami's going to come out. Yeah, and I think it'd be really cool to – I don't know if a team has ever done this. They were 55-0 and going into this game whenever they have a lead after three quarters, so now they're 56-0. and I uh, don't know wow. if a team has ever finished undefeated uh, with that particular stat, and so that would be pretty cool to see. Wow, JC stat of the night. I think we're going to have to make that like a thing of the show, man. That was really good. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> well done, sir. All right, so in game five, that's what we look forward to. And I think from Miami's side, you know, they obviously got to continue to get contributions from uh, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. I think they got to get a bigger game from Bam Adebayo if they're going to be in this one. And I'm very curious to see how much uh, of the bench and who off of it Eric Spolstra uses because after Kelly Olenek – had some nice action in Bam's absence. He only played 12 minutes in this game. Now, he wasn't very effective, but only 12 minutes in this game is a pretty uh, pretty big shift in that. We didn't see anybody like Derrick Jones Jr., Solomon Hill, or Myers Leonard in this one. So if the Heat are going to play that eight-man rotation, they're going to have to get more from Kendrick Nunn as well. Only six points on 11 shots. You think Goran Dragic could be back for game five? Uh, I mean, Jimmy Butler seemed pretty confident that, that he would be. Um, but it remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll go back to loving Tyler Hero in a week or so, just not, not this week. <laughs> I feel you on that. I got some rookie cards I'm happy to keep in my collection, but also for sale, as always, with the right price, Inquire Within. 
I think until game five, we look forward to the Lakers potentially closing out. And if that is indeed the case, JC, we are going to come have to come with the heat. But it might not be until Saturday because Friday night is going to have to get buck wild if that goes down. Do you feel me or do you feel me? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Until next time, he's JC on Twitter at JCDeLeon1. I'm Ethan on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. Only one F on that one. You can follow the show at Hoopball Lakers. The whole Hoopball family's at Hoopball Tweets and at Hoopball Fantasy. We appreciate if you download, listen, subscribe, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your stream and your podcast from. Until Friday night, we off for a couple days. We enjoy the Lakers in Game 5 and hopefully call the Lakers NBA title holders. We out. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.